0: Algar productions. Algar. 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 Algar productions. Algar Productions. Algar Productions. Algar Productions. You are listening to the Post Atomic Horror Podcast with Ron Algar
1: Watt and Matt Robotham. <music> Supplemental Episode 28.
0: Hello, friends, and to the internet streaming people, uh, what are we they called? The, the streamers? The streamies. The streamers of streams? Yes. You are the streamers, and we are the streamers. We are, And right? we are the bike that you have been tied to. That sounds like you're peeing. That's not great. Yeah. Okay. That's it's good peeing. Excellent. So yeah, there's really nothing to look at, those of you who are watching us. We Unless just- you want to stare at us in my apartment. Two white guys. At my kitchen table. Looking pretty much exactly the way you think we look. Mm-hmm. Next to a Spock cookie jar. Mm-hmm. Hello, Spock. I'd like, Does he have cookies? I'd
1: move him or shake his head or something, but he's incredibly delicate. Oh, well, I'm glad I heard you say that
0: and re- I, registered before I actually well, touched him.
1: Well, This is actually the second Spock cookie jar I've had. The first one didn't
0: make it through the move. <laughs> and then you had to take him to the Genesis planet. Uh-huh. <laughs> of course. <laughs> So we have a lot of mail, and the coolest thing is I would say more than 50% of this mail from people we've never heard from before. That is awesome. I That is my favorite thing. There's one here I know from Denmark. Oh, wow. There's okay. There's a few others from other places that are not America or Canada. That are also Denmark. Yes. They're they're all Denmark, really, basically. We really blew up in Denmark. Jesus Christ. I know.
1: 873 all from Denmark. All right. Yeah.
0: And they're not even the same person. Wow. So that's pretty cool. That's the entire population of Denmark. Yeah. Uh, before we get to the mail, is there any sort of, like, we usually kind of start with like a broad, uh, like, uh, season four. I how, mean, was, how was your summer vacation?
1: Well, it's how was season four? What did you think? Better than season three. It was a lot better than season three, um, with some minor problems towards the end. And that
0: one huge problem about in the middle. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. That was a oh, the man. one of which we should never speak again. But uh-huh. We should acknowledge its existence and then just that's it.
1: The worst part was I've actually put it out of my mind so much. I thought you were talking about the World War Two episode. No, that was just kind of too long.
0: Yeah. It wasn't terrible. It was no. just too long. But mm. the um, no, the, the infamous Seven of Nine is a victim episode. <sighs>
1: what a piece of shit. Not great. No. We're still mad about that. We're always going to be mad about that, I think. But Brian Fuller,
0: who wrote it, or co-wrote it, mm. has released some interesting news this week. Yes. Um, I think that's sort of the big Trek news we got now. Yeah, the, uh, the 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 new
1: series has a lot more details. Yep. Which is uh, cool. Star Trek Discovery Channel, I believe it's called. I think that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so it's set 10 years before original series. Did you hear that?
0: Yeah, I'm not. I don't know if I'm like, I'm not going to judge until no, I see it. But, but I, on paper, I don't love that idea. I mean, it's the same thing when Enterprise can. I'm like, oh, really? Well, we'll see. Uh, yeah. Well, the thing is, I guess they want to bridge the gap between Enterprise and the original series. And was Enterprise that popular? Like, putting aside what I may or may not think about it, I don't know yet.
1: I, the only thing I can figure, and this is—it's the same thing. Like the way it keeps popping up in the movie, like they keep making references to it in the new movies. The only thing I can think of is that it was the last Trek series. I guess so. They assume more people watched it or
0: something. I don't know. Like if that's the case, why would they cancel it? Yeah, it's the only one that's been canceled since the original. So yeah, so that's like, not a good sign. I don't know. But on the other hand, like in the in the movies anyway, it's the only one that's still canon. That's true which is why they, they can't really make a lot of references to the other stuff because it doesn't really exist anymore. Yeah. So And it happens but in the But I future. mean, they've
1: also made a big point of saying this one's set in the prime universe. Like, they've said that in actual talks. So, right. I mean, like, none of that movie crap should have anything to do with it. I don't know. It's a whole...
0: Well, I mean, that's the only part I didn't love. Everything mm-hmm. else is, like, he said this is going to be a female lead, which is great. There will definitely be gay people, which yep. is great.
1: I love the idea. We've never had this before. I love the idea of a Trek show where the captain's not the main character. That's super interesting to me.
0: It it's one of those I can see a lot of ways that could be cool. I could see a lot of ways maybe it couldn't be, mm. but I will totally like give him a benefit of the doubt. Yeah, like, there's there's a lot of neat ways that could go. I mean, she she could just be like Ripley. Yeah, that absolutely. Would be great. Like just a person working a job in in space mm-hmm. that could be cool. But we'll see. No, like, I'm hoping fingers crossed, and she's supposed to be not white too, which is cool. Also good. So and yeah, he years ago. I, I this is just a total like. I, the, the total speculation rumor thing that uh, Brian Fuller said uh, years ago that he wished if he if he had a Star Trek show to run that he would have Angela Bassett as the captain. That sounds great. So I that's that comes from nothing, yeah. official. But that and, could be uh, cool.
1: Rosario Dawson as the commander, also, which also, good. also
0: great. Yeah, also good. Big Rosario Dawson fan. Yeah, I. But she's also real busy with every Marvel show. That is true. That is true. She was all over that Luke Cage uh, uh-huh. promo, so we'll, we'll see. Yeah, but um, no, I liked uh, I, I liked most of what I heard. Yeah, and no, it's sounding really great. Yeah, that'd be interesting. I, I, I initially they said it was going to take place after six, like yeah, after the movie era, before the next gen era. And that would now, also make
1: a lot of sense, honestly. But yeah. But now it's not.
0: So yeah. what I'm saying is I wonder if the anthology idea is still... That's entirely possible. They
1: might, you know, this is like the first season and then next season they'll do something else. That is my preference because...
0: I don't know. Or do a time jump, something like that. I would like that because even if it's a premise I don't care for, mm-hmm. I got to write it out for 13 episodes and then they'll do something else. Yeah. So that would be cool. So we'll see. I don't know. Yeah.
1: Anyway, it's pretty awesome.
0: Yeah. Hello. Um... So, yeah, there's that. I thought there was something else. I thought there was other news we we were going to discuss before we got to the mail. Oh, there's the rumor confirmed. I'm not sure exactly that the next Trek movie. Well, the next Trek movie has been greenlit. There yes, will be a fourth.
1: That is happening. Movie
0: with this cast, which is great. Uh, they've been talking about having um, Chris Hemsworth in it, which I'm not.
1: I mean, sure. not just talking about, like, it's been – it's announced. Like, oh, so that, that is a real thing. Yeah, that was okay. in the um, – there's some flyer, or something that Paramount put out that's like, our next plans, we're going to have Chris Hemsworth in the next movie. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's definitely a way to pull that off. Yeah. Um, I th- just I, – I feel like using Chris Hemsworth, who had such a great role as George Kirk in just the beginning of Trek 09, just bringing him back, you know – I don't think that's necessary. I don't think the character is that important.
0: Like... I mean, he's important to Kirk's psyche, but he's not really important to the plot. But, like, that's
1: how he's important. Right. Like, as a character, he doesn't matter. He's there
0: to die and... Right. And the thing is, he died, he literally never met his kid once. Mm -hmm. So, like, there's no flashback you can do. Yeah. Which means it's going to have to be them meeting, I guess. I don't know. So I, there's, a, there's a bunch of ways they could
1: go. I still like it. was your idea that it was the – he was going to be a mirror
0: universe. That would be which cool. because I think is a great idea. They've done a few of these now that aren't directly – well, they've done one of these now that aren't directly tied to the old ones. Mm-hmm. And if, if they want to do the mirror universe, that'd be all right. Yeah. And yeah. And because Kirk's big thing has been his absent father figure through these. And mm-hmm. that could be thematically an interesting thing for him to fight the evil version of his dad who didn't die. Yeah. Like, I mean – That could be really stupid too, but I could see a way that could be be very, very stupid. Yeah, but in the hands of a good writer, mm. that's actually not a bad place to start. So that's basically
1: um, Trek Four has to be good, though.
0: Yeah, or Um, else, or else we're in the odd-numbered rule.
1: Yeah, exactly, and I can't have that.
0: (laughs) I mean, what are you going to do? I don't know. You can have it because what else are you going to do?
1: I'm going to fly to
0: Hollywood and. Beat someone up, Jay and Silent Bob stuff. No, I don't think you're gonna do that. That works. It's a real thing that can happen. I I don't think you should do that either. And this show does not endorse violence. That is true. So there you go. Was there anything else? I or don't shall think we get to the so. mail? Unless you want to talk about Star Wars. Mm, I mean, I do. Uh-huh. But n- no, this show always runs very long as it is. So let's moving forward into the questions. Yeah. This one comes from Chaos Ticket. All right. He says, what are your favorite characters in each category of Star Trek as a whole? Well, th- this won't take very long. <laughs>
1: <laughs> do we want to just go
0: up like series by series or what? Yeah, I think because we've done kind of this before. We were asked to do like our dream team, uh-huh. like crew. Yeah. So, I, I, yeah, let's maybe just like, I don't know. Just for brevity's sake, let's say your two favorites from each series.
1: All right. So, uh, season or for original series... Bones and Spock. Yeah, same. Uh, next gen, I'd say. Geordi, Picard, maybe.
0: I go Picard Riker myself, mm. but that's you know. I love Geordi.
1: I know you do. Uh, D- DS9, Uh, Odo, Kira. I'm gonna go with the captain on all
0: of them. I think. Cisco it's and probably Odo. fucking great. Yeah.
1: Like, let's be honest. Yeah. Um, Voyager, Janeway. Phew, currently the doctor but seven's making some real it's good seven, it's uh, probably gonna end up being seven yeah
0: but it's too early to say. A-
1: enterprise Ooh, i really like bland white guy and bland white guy mm, i don't know bland white guy's pretty good <laughs> he is makes a real good showing in the later
0: half of the series that's what i hear when the show gets great yeah yeah uh let's see my piece. okay uh you guys oh this is clarifying a reference that someone made last supplemental which was now four months ago and i don't remember this at all about sex pillows oh good um something about the designers of the excelsior sex pillows. i think you guys just discovered sex pillows were a thing in japan when reviewing star trek 3 and matt in his awesome sulu voice pretended to offer kirk one ah i see ah so I don't know. Say something. Sex pillow related. I
1: can pretty much guarantee that I d- did not just learn about sex pillows. Uh, I've known about sex pillows for a long time now. I, could you, I've known about sex pillows for a long time now. Can you Captain. clarify? Is it what I think it is? It's exactly what you think. What? It's exactly what you think. It so is. it's a pillow that people have sex. With. I'm tripping balls. There All I had right, to get. Okay. I had to get into the voice. A bit. There's the catchphrase. That's right. Hello, Captain
0: Kirk. Would you like a sex pillow? I'm a little disappointed that the new series isn't taking place in the post-movie era after all, because that was one of my hopes that they could finally work in Captain Sulu. That would be nice. Or Admiral Sulu, since he's gotten a bit older, but you know. Like, in that era, you have the aging original series guys you could do something He like. is, we talked about this, I think, he's, like, the only guy I really want to see come back to Trek at this point. And then, like, uh, I always forget about Uhura. I would love to see Nichelle Nichols do something of substance before she's dead. Yeah. Like, that character's never had anything, like, she's had a few pretty good things with Zoe Saldana, but mm-hmm. uh, Nichelle Nichols has never been able to play Uhura with more than, like, ten lines of dialogue. Yeah. It'd be great to give her something before she's gone, you yeah. know? I mean, if you ignore fan stuff, she hasn't played Uhura since... What Trek six, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I read. I don't know if I talked about this on the show, but this is the place to do it. I mm. read a really good uh, novel not too long ago, and I do not remember the name of it. So I'm terrible. I should have notes or something. I apologize. Uh, You're it is a bad by man. Margaret Wander Bonano, which is the best name ever. That is her name. I'm not. That's not me messing up her name to be funny. Apologies to
1: Margaret. What Al said. Wander Bonano.
0: Watched- that's her name, Margaret Wander. I, no, I believe you. <laughs> Just keep saying it. No. And it'll get less funny, right? No, she wrote a bunch of good books. She actually, she wrote a book uh, called Probe about the probe from Star Trek IV. Oh shit, I have that somewhere. And they changed it so much that she wanted her name taken off it. Like they uh-huh. changed more than 50% of it and she was really not happy. Okay, but, good. Well, I'm glad I didn't read it then. <laughs> but she read some really good stuff too. And this was in the uh, the middle period. They call it the lost years between, uh-huh. actually between the original series and Next Gen. Yep. That whole unexplored era. But it was about, Admiral Uhura now works for Starfleet Intelligence. Oh, that's cool. They basically approached her after six and said, you've been listening all this time. Why don't you start listening for us? Yeah. And it actually really worked well, and I liked it. That's really cool. And then um, she sends young Lieutenant Ben Sisko and young Lieutenant uh, Tuvok Ooh. on a mission. it's, this is, it's pretty. It's, that sounds pretty good. It sounds a little fanfic but it actually works. They're actually all – everything lines up timeline-wise mm-hmm. and it actually – like they all have their specialties and they all work together in a way that, that – it's it's not as like I'm going to take my favorite characters and put them all together. It actually, it actually well, I mean,
1: it, look, if you're doing a Trek novel, then absolutely – That's what Trek get, novels yeah, are do, in the, get the first Get your favorite place. characters and have them go on an adventure together. Yeah, exactly. But it was – I liked it. And then have Odo and Quark make out as I've learned from Tumblr. Wow.
0: Well, that's what Tumblr is for. We're getting a big thumbs up from the Tidro portion of our audience. Thank here. you, Tidro. <laughs> yes. Uh, oh, uh, our, our friend Adane, who wrote in before, mm-hmm. uh, asked permission to uh, turn the lovely Vishal artwork of uh, Neelix and the eggplant mm-hmm. into uh, needlepoint. Uh, is it needlepoint? I don't know. Cross right. stitch? Cross stitch. Cross stitch. Okay. Uh, and, and I asked Vishal, and he said, yes, absolutely, please. That sounds amazing. So that's not really a question for the show, but she did write to us.
1: Please, when that's finished, show, so. like send us a picture.
0: We'd love to see that. Hmm.
1: Absolutely. My wife is a big fan of cross-stitch, so I've seen them. I'm aware of cross-stitch. <laughs> As a concept? As a concept, there's a cross-stitch right there. Ah. Well, for Over our uh, Bob's Burgers calendar.
0: <laughs> it is uh, blue. That's yep, all I can see I can't here. read it. So for those of you watching at home, it's blue. Um, and the cat seems to really like it. Yes. Um... So this one is quite long. All right. Uh, it's about uh, Robert Beltran, and about how oh his favorite ep one of his favorite episodes is the Fathom the Trunks one that we loved so much. Oh dear. Um, and apparent oh apparently there was a big Q and A about you know with him oh is one of those Reddit ask me anything things. Oh. Okay. And asking about his lack of enthusiasm and such. Uh, And he said, this is a quote from him, please. I wouldn't say I had a bitter taste about the show, but it makes me a lot less caring about the show when the writers don't seem to care at all about the cast. Mm. When that happens, I check out right away and give as little as possible emotional involvement as I can. So I would have to say honestly that for probably the last two and a half years, I haven't quite read a full Voyager script. Not necessary, because I already know what's going to happen. I don't want to put myself to the aggravation. Wow, okay. So that kind of explains our problem. It doesn't explain the early seasons when he should have been trying. No, we haven't even gotten to the part he's talking about. Oh, my God. I can see the show being so predictable. At one point, you just basically read your lines and say, fuck it, I don't care where the story's going, because I already know. Because, oh, look who wrote this one. Yeah, Uh, okay. I know exactly the third act's going to be this, the fourth act's going to be this. But yeah, he's straight up said I wasn't all that engaged. Mm -hmm. So good we were right Uh uh-huh objectively we are right about him being bad thanks robert not you robert pat myself on the back good work uh oh this is the same one all right well you can put that in the trash can uh hey guys i've been following the podcast since midway through season five of ds9 and i've been trying to catch up with the earlier ones looking forward to them every monday so listening to your comment about Seven of Nine's cold voice before the quote for Day of Honor reminded me of an episode of the animated series of Dilbert. <laughs> Things I haven't had to think about in a while. Where Jerry Ryan voiced a Seven of Nine alarm clock. Luckily, i managed to track it down on YouTube. Have a look. It's brilliant. I will put this in the show notes, but I am not going to click on oh. it right now. Okay. Uh, oh, this is... Uh, uh, informing us that Leonard Nimoy has has uh, recorded singing in his past, which we know of. Oh, I'm aware, and we will absolutely share this in the show notes. Uh, this is a whole Spotify playlist of um, let's see, Abraham, Martin, and John. I walk the line. Uh huh. Ruby, don't take your love to town.
1: Oh man. Okay, so back when I was living in Canada, this was years ago, this is after I came after I uh, graduated high school. We have um, the our Sci Fi Channel uh, space. Uh For some reason, got way into advertising the Leonard Nimoy, William Shatner album.
0: Oh, God. Which, it's two CDs for the price of one. So it's not really a, an album they did together. It's they're both albums packaged as one thing. Yes, exactly. Okay.
1: But they would do that thing where it would play all, it would give you a list <laughs> of all the songs, and then... Featuring the, highlight- the hits, this. Yeah, this. and the highlighted ones you'd get clips of. And I have heard Leonard Nimoy sing, I Walk the Line,
0: so many... Th- because you're mine. I mean, that... I walk the line. I haven't heard that, but I can hear it like, yeah. in my head. and it's per- like He's got a good voice for Johnny Cash. I fell into a burning ring of fire. That's pretty good. Thank you. Uh, Let's see. Oh, this one does not appear to be a question for the show. Uh, It is from our friend from Poland who wrote in last time whose name we said incorrectly. Oh, apologies. So, uh, Mikowai. Mikowai. I believe is how we say that now. All right. Apologies, Bikawai. Yeah. We'll probably see a mail from you later and say it wrong again. Yes. So there you go. Uh, this one comes from Matt. Not you. Diff- oh. Different Matt. There are other Matts. Uh, hi, friends. How are you? I am fine. Hello. First of all, I'd like to thank you for weeks of entertaining entertainment. Oh. To put on the background when I'm avoiding doing work. That's what we're best at. Uh-huh. That and uh, entertaining entertainment when you are working. Yes. Because I know a lot of artists like to listen and pretend they're drawing, but just, probably just stare yep. at this. Or story.
1: people doing the laundry.
0: Yeah. Thank you, We are, we are you, Terrence. excellent laundry podcast, apparently. Mm-hmm. Secondly, I have a question or two. One of my favorite sci-fi siffy sci-fi, sci-fi, sci-fi. tropes has always been when historical or modern-esque cultures get access to the technology required to have an interstellar presence, kind of like how the Flintstones have access to television by mounting Teletubby sores on their walls, <laughs> except with spaceships and laser guns, kind of like Stone Trek, really, for those of us or for those who don't know, is Star Trek cl- crossed with the Flintstone? Is that a real thing? I feel like I would have heard about that if that's a real thing. I that sounds fantastic. So I was wondering what time periods, fictional or otherwise, do you think you'd like to see each Star Trek reimagined in the style of? Conquistador Kirk? Greco- Conquistador? Greco-Roman DS9? Maybe the Voyager is a literal wagon train to the stars making its way to the West Coast Quadrant while being hounded by Kazon and Featherhead? No. Wait, the Indian chief is part of the crew. Never mind. Yours in Cisco. Ah, someone else who needs to give us a pronunciation for their for their name. Metahars. Metahars. Uh sorry for doubting your pronunciation skills.
1: No, you're no, you're, you're, you're right to doubt our terrible pronunciation if, skills. If you
0: don't have a white Anglo Saxon name, we probably will say yeah. it wrong because we're terrible, terrible people. Mm-hmm.
1: Um I think we talked about this back when we were watching DS9. I would love a Western version of that show. I think that
0: would work perfectly. I don't Cisco
1: coming in like with uh uh Kara already as like the sheriff or something.
0: Well, that's the metaphor that they had talked about when they started it. Mm. It was like the, the the Enterprise shows were supposed to be the wagon train to the stars, yeah. and this was like the, the one of the, was it like Bonanza or one of those like that takes place in a town. Yeah, yeah, I the town of Bonanza. You may this may shock you, but the popular westerns on te- television in the 50s and 60s predate me. Mm. So I don't I that actually really does sh- shock me. Watch them, although Tidro who is. Pretty much exactly my age seems to know them, so I, I don't know how that works. But um, no, I, I, that could be cool. I, I don't know that I'd watch a whole series of any of that. It'd be a fun one-off episode, but... Uh, I It, it depends, because there's not a whole
1: lot of, like, historical stuff I'd really watch. You know, it's just sort of not my thing. Westerns fair. you'll get me with, like, I'll watch a decent Western show. I have watched a decent Western show. I watched
0: Deadwood. Is, yeah. there, is there another
1: one? Hell on Wheels is really good. If you're wondering what Cole meany has been up to... He's been up to that, and he's fantastic in it. Oh,
0: no. He was also the bad guy in the, oh, God, what is the character's name? I cannot think of it now. Um, nope. What is it about? Gone. It is a long, long-running English uh, cool. comedy character who has been in a lot of different sketch shows. And, Coronation
1: Street. Yeah, sure.
0: Coronation Street. That's about right.
1: My gran is a big Coronation Street fan. So.
0: <laughs> is it Graham Moody? You don't yeah. know that. You don't know what I'm talking about. Never. Yeah, Grand Moody. Okay. No, um, God, I cannot remember anything about it, and this is the best time to do a podcast when mm. you don't know what you're talking about yep. and you're flailing, so I'm just going to keep going. No, he was, he was uh, the, basically the comedy villain in, a, in ah. a comedy movie and was quite good. He was insane. Mm.
1: Well, and, if you want to watch him chew great hunks of scenery mm-hmm. and wear really nice period clothing, uh,
0: Hell on Wheels is definitely the way to go. Excellent. I mean, that dude's been working nonstop, right? Before, during, and after DS Nine. Yep. No, and it's now. it's it's
1: it's always nice to like he'll pop up and stuff. I'm just watching, yeah, which is always great. It's, yeah, I'm just you know watching like a Bond flick or something. He'll be like, oh, and I'm also here, and I'm uh, Chief O'Brien, but with a different name.
0: Yep. No, he's um. He's like the male Irish version of character actress Margot Martindale. Absolutely. He's just in everything always. Matt said, knowing everything there is to know about Margot Martindale. I mean, no, character actor. Popular character, character actor. Popular character actor, Margot Martindale. Right. she's. I mean, I just know her from BoJack, but mm. you know. Right. You didn't even know her from that. Uh, no. <laughs> I'm aware of the character now. Uh, very a, well. Right. Speedboat lady. Okay. Yeah, of course. Um, next one is titled Defending Voyager. This ought to go well. Uh, this is from Chris, uh, and he says, Dear Alan Matt, last time I wrote, I was using your podcast to keep me company while I was waiting in line at Disney for my pregnant wife. Well, the baby is here now, and his favorite thing to do is scream at me. <laughs> and let me tell you, it only takes about 30 minutes of being screamed at nonstop by a baby to understand why Worf shipped his ass off as much as he could. <laughs>
1: Oh, you uh, found out
0: why I never want to have kids. Fortunately, your podcast has helped me help keep me sane and drown out the baby. Good, good. Please don't drown your baby. Well. In fact, on multiple occasions, you guys have made me laugh so hard, I've woken the baby back up. Not sorry about that. I've just listened to your Nemesis show, the episode where Chakotay wrestles his trembles and <laughs> fathoms his trunk. <laughs> <laughs> I remember really liking this episode the first time I saw it. The line, I wish it was easy to stop hating as it is to start, stood out to me as a particularly powerful line. Now, watching the episodes along with you guys, and having just come out of Season 3, I realize it's actually meta-commentary on the series itself. All joking aside, I do actually have a defense of Voyager and why I have a soft spot for it. I love the original series because of its sense of wonder. Mm. Almost every week there was something new and strange, something high-concept and unique. Next Gen, while great, was a fire truck. Uh-huh. I love that things like that that we've come up with have just like I'm, common. I'm so proud. The Enterprise is a fire truck, is just a thing people say now. Yep. And DS9, while best, went more for realism than sci fi. Yeah, I'll see that. Yeah. It was way more about characters and political stuff Absolutely. than, than sci fi concepts. Voyager feels most like the return to that weird, high concept, interesting sci fi that made the original series so great. Mm-hmm. Almost every week, there's a cool sci fi premise instead of a dignitary that needs a ride. Even in a crappy episode like the one where Tuvok and Neelix, uh, Tuvok and Neelix, ride an elevator to space there's a cool concept the space elevator so for my closing argument if you can look past the fact that the characters are at best inconsistent at worst neelix (laughs) the fact that every episode has a big reset button and nothing has consequences and the conflict between starfleet and the maquis barely mattered at all the actual sci-fi part of the show is really cool and interesting and fun to watch i'm not very good at closing arguments
1: no i totally i totally get where you're coming from um i just wish it was more interesting yeah, I, I like. I'll give you this. No one has. I don't think there's been a single episode where a diplomat had to be shipped somewhere.
0: They've actually not specifically diplomats, but they have sort of run errands for other people. Oh yeah, Delta no, they, they've still I'm crazy
1: t- Voyager is still crazy, taxied occasionally. Yeah,
0: but, uh, they're like, they like the. People testing an engine. They're like, "Yeah, I'll, let me give me a ride to the other side of mm-hmm. that thing, so I can race my racing ship." I believe
1: whatever. they were giving Ray Wise a, tr- a, 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 oh ro- yeah,
0: a, a road, yes. a trip
1: somewhere. I can talk good. I swear to Christ. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, he was. He was going to
1: go see his lord. I gotta go. Laura. Dance with me, please. Mayor's <laughs> and <laughs> um,
0: but uh, the. The thing is... I'm
1: sorry, I'm just picturing him coming into that office and tap dancing now. <laughs> it's fucking the best.
0: With his white hair. Yep. Mm-hmm.
1: And what's his face? Um. Oh, God, it's been so long. Ben Horn? Yeah, Ben Horn gets up on the desk and starts dancing, and his brother's, like, scatting.
0: Ben Horn was actually in DS9. Does he really? As a Bajoran. Oh, he would have made a good Bajoran. And he did. We said so at the time. Mm. This was, you know, 150 episodes I ago mean, for us. I mean, like,
1: so. I'll definitely... If someone from Twin Peaks shows up on Star Trek, I'm sure we'll mention it.
0: Many of them already did, and a few we probably didn't even recognize. Mm. But none of the none of the heavy hitters like we're not seeing Bob, unfortunately.
1: No. Well, I mean, he was a stuntman, wasn't he? A stuntman? Uh, he
0: was. He was on the crew. I don't that remember exactly it. what he did. I bet Tidro knows, but she's being polite and quiet. So. Terence, what did
1: Bob do? Like the the guy that played Bob do on Twin Peaks? Was he a lighting guy or something? Yeah, he was
0: like a gaffer or something. Yeah, exactly.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Definitely looked like a gaffer. He saw
0: him crouching in the corner. He's like, like, oh, that's terrifying. I just pictured David Lynch walking to work one day.
1: Oh, my God. You're the killer. You're terrifying. Would you like to be the
0: murderer? Do you think he just talks like that? All the time. Hello, Coop. (laughs) Uh, the thing about Voyager and its sci- high-premise sci-fi stuff is like, it can be good, mm-hmm. but mostly they use as an excuse to, here's our gimmick of the week that doesn't matter. Like, yeah, it's
1: always, it always feels like an excuse to give Brandon Brock like, give something for Brandon Braga to do one of his stupid things for, you know? And the thing is,
0: I don't want to say I don't like big, cool sci-fi ideas. Oh yeah. But, Star Trek has kind of led me to think I don't because they don't do it well. They're I've usually done executed well very really poorly. Yeah. yeah. I've seen lots of other shows handle every week we see something weird and new and mm-hmm. alien and strange, but like because Star Trek like this writing team on Star Trek has five tricks. Yep. I'm sick of it because there's no like the sense of wonder is gone because there's nothing to wonder about because it's all the same every yep. time. That's- oh, another big cloud of something. I
1: wonder if it'll drain our
0: energy or make mm. us sick or, or drain the energy that makes us sick and possess us. Turn us against each other or yep. make us realize our worst fears. Like, there's there's got to be new angles. Oh, and shit. Hope-
1: Paris' shirt's untucked again. It must be another. <laughs> uh, He's mussed up his hair. Uh, there must be
0: another evil monster living in the basement. That's got to be it. In the ba- Where is the basement? The basement's engineering. Oh, okay. Because, I mean, upstairs is the ship, downstairs is the planet. Well, yeah, but if you get into the
1: ship, upstairs is the bridge, downstairs, or the basement is engineering.
0: Is that why Geordi was always shouting up to the ceiling? Yeah, he was uh,
1: shouting up the ceiling, so right. they could hear him.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. So
1: it, 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 it Picard was, would, like, beat down yeah, with a, a, a broomstick. Broom.
0: Yeah. Be quiet down there.
1: Shut up, Geordi, we're working. I'm Captain. Sorry, Captain
0: um that's a, a couple coming in from listeners from a few months ago saying did you know that um, uh, the guy who played Chekhov died yes unfortunately yeah. we did not. I actually just read something not too long ago that he got a recall notice on the vehicle that killed him like a week after he, yeah like showed up to his house a week after he was dead like
1: that's, his, I believe uh, his so parents it's... are suing uh the
0: car company and good I mean I don't know the whole situation but yeah if, fucking, if there's any fucking ruin them yeah Not great.
1: No, it's horrible.
0: Yeah. I do want to say uh, one of our listeners spoke up about, we had talked about, they said they're not going to replace him in the next one. They're not going to recast him rather. Yeah. And we were talking about who would be a good replacement for that character. And someone chimed in, and I'm sorry, I don't remember who off the top of my head. I would like to give credit, but I don't remember. Mm -hmm. uh, That the new character, uh, Jayla. Oh, yeah. Could be New Chekhov.
1: Which is great. I can't believe That would get another
0: woman on the cast. And it would be a character we've already been introduced to who has engineering skills, which I guess is kind of what Chekhov does. I don't know. I always forget, and people tell me, and I forget again, so don't bother telling me, because I don't know. Uh, Let's see. This one comes from David. Hey, guys. Just finished listening to your discussion about that episode where Neelix, against all odds, had a good episode. (laughs) Despite, or because of, the fact that I am one of your religious listeners— I shared your disappointment. It didn't go as atheist as it could've. Americans love their sappy Jesus tales. That is true. I wonder if you could make a special kind of canar out of Jesus tales. <laughs> Which are of course filled with a special tree of life sap.
1: Well, you gotta pluck the tail from the Jesus. Car!
0: That is the funniest thing in the world to Matt. Just the, the sound effect Ka. I don't I don't know. I've watched a lot of Simpsons lately, and every fucking time they show the nuclear plant. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, But you rarely hear the story of someone losing faith and coming out on the other side better for it. It's a story that should be told more. Mm -hmm. And it has a far better moral than that awful episode where the captain was told to sit down, shut up, and listen. Yep. I love that a religious person can watch the show and and see that. Mm -hmm. I I applaud your not narrowness. Yes. As two atheists, we appreciate that. Yeah. But also, I don't mind the – like, I love Kira's – faith I oh, loved yeah her like i on on the flip side i'm not saying everyone should think like us there's plenty of good Absolutely episodes not. about yeah. people clinging to their religion and it being good for the it, it mm-hmm. depends on what works for the character yeah the scientist the captain scientist should not have learned the power of faith no that's that felt wrong that's stupid but kira who was a religious fanatic extremist terrorist mm-hmm. clings to her faith because that's that's her thing uh let's see Hello again. Another question. Uh, do you think the swirly thing in generations is in any way related to the prophets or power rates? Both the prophets and, prophets and nexus do not experience linear time mm-hmm.
1: uh,
0: and yet experience cause and effect uh, insofar as conversations and activities appear to be happening visiting non timeless beings. Both can draw memories from occupants' minds to create an environment, and they are both apparently pleasurable to experience. At least the prophets' orbs are. Pleasurable orbs. <laughs> Please They're, don't grab the pleasurable orbs. <laughs> the
1: Kai Win or, has stolen the pleasurable orbs.
0: That that seemed that is that the plot of your new DS9 novel? Yes. Except I'm, she's been cast into the fire cage I don't so. care. I'll bring her back as, like, I'll bring
1: her back with robot spider legs, like in,
0: uh... Yeah, that works. Yeah. Uh, they are both located through giant colored holes in space, mm-hmm. and finally, they both have a propensity for scooping up Starfleet captains and storing them away for regurgitation during a time of need.
1: <laughs> I've never thought about that, but I would love to see, like, a, uh, like a book or something that, uh, talked about that premise. I think it's... There, there's some interesting similarities there.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I think most people didn't... I was one of the few people, for some inexplicable reason, who actually yeah, kind of but- liked the Nexus... But I know most people didn't, and I understand why, and I don't know why I do. It's not a thing I usually like. So,
1: there you go. I'm Malcolm McDowell, and I want to go back into that space where my children are alive and in a constant Dickensian Christmas. (laughs) I don't think everyone has Everyone has a Dickensian Christmas. I think some people might experience... Here comes Captain Kirk on his way to a Dickensian Christmas. On his horse. On his horse, chopping wood. Which he's always been into. It's his favorite things that, that... if there's one thing I know about Captain Kirk, it's that when he retires from his many, many, many years of space adventures, he's going to really look forward to living on a ranch in Utah where he can chop wood all day. That is absolutely something that I know about that character.
0: I think it was Idaho. Yeah, there you go. Idaho. I don't remember. I probably got that wrong, too. But, um, yeah, I mean, and obviously there's definitely one thing I know about Captain Kirk is that he's going to retire from being a captain and not mm. just be a captain until he dies. Yep. Because that's definitely one thing we've learned about that character. Mm-hmm is he doesn't want to work forever. I just, I keep picturing him as like, well,
1: you're like 90 years old now, Jim. Um, it's probably time to look into retiring. You know, we'll boot you up to Admiral and you can sort of make your way out that way. How many ships can I steal
0: to get bumped back? Yeah, how do I, I need to keep this. It's a delicate balance because I don't want to go to jail. <sighs> I just want to get demoted or... Actually,
1: Kerr and... probably would be fine with going to jail. It's a really oh, he loves nice
0: resort colony. Penal colonies, uh-huh. that's right. No, I've, I was starting to read another book, actually by Margaret Wander Manano. Pause for Matt's laughter. No, because I when you so few Trek books are good that that when you find an author you like, you kind of follow. Okay, ooh, what else did they do? And she wrote like the life story of Captain Pike, which is cool. But that's neat. There's too much early childhood stuff and like not enough space stuff for me so far. But I'm still reading.
1: Here's a tip for Trek writers out there, and I know that we're still putting out novels. Um, how about space? Think about going to space. Things I care about. There's about 100
0: 100 pages so far of him and his mom moving to a new colony, and so they were in space briefly to get to the colony, but then it's all about, like, how the colony works and how they're going to be farming and... Ooh, farming. There's some interesting sci-fi. Exciting space farm action. There's some good sci-fi, like, how do we use the resources, blah, 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 but that's, like, 10 pages. That's not, like, many chapters, you know? I don't care about your kid adventures. (laughs) Yeah, it's. I don't care about Darth Vader when he was a sad kid. (laughs) (laughs) That is a whole other argument, Uh but this was like supposed to be the story of Captain Pike, so I figured there'd be a little about his early life, but then it would get right into like because we see him at the end of his career, so surely he had a bunch of years on a ship doing interesting stuff. But I haven't read that part yet.
1: There, um, there was a book called The Rift by Peter David Mm -hmm. that, um, the first half of it is all about Pike and uh, number one company and and that was really good yeah i remember i read that years ago but i remember that
0: anyway but what i was saying was i was reminded that pike actually was the one with the love of horses yeah in his only appearance in the cage he loved his horse i love me a horse to go back riding horse and maybe like i was gonna say maybe the writers didn't remember that it was him but it was ron moore ron
1: moore like the dude knows his shit i'm sure that was just shatner going put a horse in
0: probably i I want to ride a horse i won't do it without a horse probably
1: i'm william shatner and i won't do things Okay. What are you going to do, call another, Call get another Captain Kirk? Yeah, we did. <laughs> he did a much better job. Yeah, absolutely. Sorry, was. Bill.
0: My best, Matt. <laughs> uh, this one comes from Deke, and he says, Dear Anti-History's Greatest Monsters, You dare say you don't like I Love Lucy? What the hell is wrong with you? Nah, I'm just stunning you with my phasers. I'm not a Lucy fan either. Except that show was the first big success for a little firm called Desilu Productions, which mm-hmm. went on to be the production company for a little show called Star Trek. Mm-hmm. And that show begat a ginormous podcast known as the post-atomic horror. Are we ginormous yet? I I mean, if if noted writer Deke Winsome says so. I guess clearly, that's true. Yeah.
1: I would have thought we had to get it to at least 400 episodes.
0: Oh, uh, I mean, well, counting the supplementals and no, Shit even might... then, yeah. no. No, we're at 300 with the supplementals, gang. It's pretty good, but. Uh, so, even though we may have problems with Out of Lucy without it, there is no Star Trek, no post Atomic Horror, and most morally, no post Atomic Horror Part 2, wherein Algar and Matt rewatch every Star Trek mm. episode, express their thoughts about each one with five hours speaking in iambic pentameter. Great stuff, but I'll leave it to you linear beings to discover it when your future happens. With Indifference and Zod, De Quinsome. I'm probably going to get a Mirror Universe
1: Matt to take care of that podcast. <laughs>
0: I'll recast with a more handsome. I'm actor. It doesn't sound likely that I will go back and do a thing after I've already done a thing, but it mm-hmm. happens occasionally, so who knows? Um, yeah, I still just like, I love Lucy's important, but Yeah, I it is. Don't. It's
1: very important. It's not a show I want to watch. Don't think it's that funny.
0: Um, but yeah, absolutely. If you read anything about the early days of Star Trek, Lucille Ball was a huge supporter of Star Trek. Like, mm. it wasn't just because it was her production company. She actually They were running late. I think – I don't remember which pilot. Like it was the cage or where no man has gone before. I don't Mm. remember which. But like they were running late and she came down there to see what the deal was. And she literally like picked up a broom or started setting up lights or something like really like way below the owner of the studio level type of labor and just said, oh, okay. Are we behind? Let me help. What can I do? I think you mean –
1: Are we behind? What can I do to help?
0: But the whole story of her and – no, that's her. That's absolutely Yep. Her. Even by the 60s, that was her. <laughs> you want you want full-on Lunch Lady Doris, uh-huh. uh, Lucille Ball. There's watch. very little
1: meat in these gemmats.
0: She did She did a, there's an episode of Three's Company that's a clip show Mm-oh. that's bookended by her talking about how great the show is. So that's like her near the end of her life. It's like early 80s. And full full-on, just hi, honey. I love Jack Tripper. He's the funniest man on television right now. And it's like, oh, Aunt Lucy. Uh. <laughs> the thing is, I, like, I respect the hell out of her. Yeah. I really, truly do. And especially, like I say, if you read, there's a couple of good books. There's These Are the Voyages, which is that book that has this super in-depth, like, literally 50 pages on each episode of yeah. the original series, which is, like, way more details than I want about every aspect of the production, mm-hmm. like, drafts of the script and alternate takes and just, like, a lot of technical stuff that I don't care about. But yeah. But there's a lot of good information in there, too. And then that uh, – the 50-year mission one that you put – you turned me on to. Yep. Which is also great. Um, My copy's right over there. I'm going to start reading it after I finish whatever crap I'm reading right now. I was hoping, because I'm on vacation this week, that part two, which covers the, the newer shows, mm. would be out. But it's not out till August 30th, unfortunately. Ah, uh, seriously? That would have been a great – just, like, lie down at the beach and read yeah. more – because I'm a dork – read more about how Star Trek was made. Yeah. <laughs> but – um. The uh, the the thing you get from reading that stuff is just Desi Lou Productions. It's such a cool story because she and uh, Desi Arnaz basically wanted an excuse to work together. Oh, it was really sweet. It was like we're done with our sitcom. We're more into producing now, yeah. but we want to be in the same place. So let's buy a studio and make shows together. Mm, that's sweet. And then they got divorced. And she didn't want to do it anymore. And that's what Star Trek got sold to Paramount. I don't want to do this anymore. But initially, Is that when, when it got canceled? Like? I, no, I mean, they had nothing to do with each other. It was. Uh, but they, I don't think one had anything to do with the other. Because okay. the network canceled it, not the studio. Mm-hmm. Um, but they bought the RKO uh, productions, like uh, the, the, the studio that made Citizen Kane and a bunch of sure. other early stuff. They bought their whole backlot, which was like film quality sets. Ah, okay. so that kind of elevated TV, elevated like like uh, to, production values yeah. to like because this stuff was built for movies and it was built to last and it had been there a long time. So like the we we got really sick of them going to Roman Planet and Western Planet and a lot of stuff. But that was all standing sets made for movies, yeah. so it looked way better than a lot of stuff that was on TV at the time. Also explains why there were three episodes where they went to the Psycho Motel. Of course. Well, here we are again, Captain. <laughs> I Look at Romulans. I think, we'll, beep, beep, I think we're lost, Spock. <laughs> I will not ask for directions. That old bit. Ugh. Oh, uh, so not too long ago, we had talked about all the cats in Star Trek that we tried to name off ah, the yes. top of our heads. And someone chimed in and said, uh, we forgot that Gary Seven had a cat. Yes, he did. Major omission. Transformed into an attractive woman. Yes. Terry Garr. Yep. As a matter of fact. Oh, yeah. Terry Garr. Who I recently read. They I, That was um, in that book, actually. Um the God, what was that assignment? Earth with Gary Seven? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, that was supposed yes, to be Simon Earth. That was supposed to be a backdoor pilot yes. for the Gary Seven show, which didn't take off. And there's a quote from her. She's like, "I'm so glad it didn't. I do not want to answer Star Trek questions for the rest of my life." Damn, Terry Gar. So there's that. Uh, let's see. This I'm one... gonna bring the claws out when you're in cat form. <laughs> that was terrible. Zing. This one comes from I hope I'm saying this right, Demaya.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Uh huh. Dear Al, Matt, and especially Amanda. Well, she's not here. She's looking at roses. Yep.
1: Oh, I'm under the table. This oh. is
0: Amanda. Hi, Amanda.
1: Oh, Answer any questions you have. I have a hat. I say we let him go. <laughs>
0: So I've been listening to the podcast for at least a year and a half, and I only caught up as of the beginning of season four of Voyager. Mm-hmm. I promised myself I wouldn't write it until then, so I'm excited to be able to give you my thoughts on why gay people don't exist in Trek. Cool. While the show is unable to depict this due to the era it was made in, I've come to the realization that gender would likely be an outdated concept by the 24th century. After all, once you eliminate gender roles and what genitalia is necessary to be a certain gender, over time it would result in no one caring if you were male or female, mm. making everyone in Star Trek pansexual with, at most, a genital preference. Mm. So we would see them as straight or gay from our unenlightened 21st century perspective, but the fact is we have no idea if the women Bashir dated actually identified as female unless they say so. It's very narrow-minded to assume that everyone is cisgender unless otherwise stated. I hope this all makes sense. I've been trying to be more aware of transgender issues since having a couple of friends who are trans. uh, Us also. Yes.
1: Um, this is actually very similar. I know it's still going, but this is actually very similar to my uh, "everyone in Trek is what was it?" Everyone in Trek is pansexual. Basically, theory? yeah. yeah. Based everyone is Captain Jack
0: Harkness. Yeah, your, which your if
1: like the you know the real extent of Gene's visionary vision of a vision is that uh, you get to the point where no one gives a shit, you know, like
0: yeah, no, and in fact, I as much as we rag on Gene and mm. our distaste for some of his ideas, he actually was totally cool with yeah. all that. He, I believe, implied in the novelization of the motion picture, at least the existence of Kirk's box slash Vic, mm. if not the, the you know, the truth of it. Sure. So, you know, he, he I don't think was against any of that. No. Which for a guy making TV shows in the 60s is pretty forward thinking. Yeah. I got to give him credit there. <laughs> All right. You get this one, Gene. Yeah. But, I mean, you're right, but I do think this is a bit of a headcanon thing, unfortunately, mm. because the, the reality is they didn't. Like, they didn't think about that stuff. They they did very much rely on just the standard yeah. man and woman date, and that's it. Uh, let's see. On a completely different note, I've come up with a theory on why Harry Kim became terrible and Ooh. Tom Paris became likable. And I want to share and get your thoughts out. All right. That goes back to the episode where Ensign—
1: Wild man! <laughs> millie
0: —had her baby. The Harry we have on the show now comes from Live Baby Voyager <laughs> from the way the show is framed. And we're following the adventures of Dead Baby Voyager. I believe, was it an Amanda who was on for that episode who called it Live Vo- Live Baby and Dead yep. Baby Voyager? Yeah, that's what I thought. So my theory my theory is that LBV, Harry, is the awful one we have. The shock of losing his friend, an actual nice guy, DBV, Harry, Tom Paris decided to honor his loss and by being less awful. Either that, or seeing how awful LBV Harry is made him want to treat women like people.
1: So yeah, yeah, no, I that's a completely valid. I know I like that a lot. Yeah, I always forget that this is, this is our spare Harry Kim.
0: Yeah, it's always weird. You said it last time. You might as well say it again. What spare Kim? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, it, it's like O'Brien is not the real O'Brien. No, he's like, like a weird like.
1: I have had a hell of a time wrapping my head around that time one. Time clone like, twin. This, he, he is our Chief O'Brien, but he's from like five minutes in the future. So I don't know. But yes, this is not our. our this is not the Harry Kim we started with. That Harry Kim is dead.
0: Yeah. Just to be clear. Good. <laughs> Wish they were all dead. Uh,
1: <laughs> all Harry Kims are? Yes. All right.
0: <clears throat> all of them. I hate them. I hate him so much.
1: Al, there's about three thousand Harry Kims out here who have a script for Hamlet. They'd like you to have a look at.
0: <laughs> Dear Scientologist Jehovah's Witnesses, SJWs. All right. This is this is Deke being a smartass. Oh, ass. Okay. When we did the episode that we were very carefully trying to handle correctly mm-hmm. about seven and all that nonsense. Yes. I said this once on Twitter. I didn't want to make a big thing out of it. But I said, please don't write it and call us SJWs. I'm just going to delete your damn email. Mm-hmm. I don't want to hear it. So I'm glad we didn't get any of that. Our listeners are great, but he's just being a smartass. All right, well, I'll but take that. Yeah. I think it's time to talk about the elephant in the room. Yes, you're right. Star Trek has for a long time neglected to include elephants in its show and movies. I can't recall even one elephant in all the episodes you guys have watched for me. Will Voyager have elephants at some point? (laughs) Do you think there's room for elephants on starships? Why does Ganesh need a starship? (laughs) Maybe there are no elephants in the future. That would be sad because elephants are majestic creatures. Also, they make great ivory and taste like chicken. He has a point. The Flight of the Concords song, uh, Robots, Mm. talks about how there's no more cruelty to elephants in the future because there's no more elephants.
1: That actually makes
0: a lot of sense. No, I don't even think there have been references to elephants. Uh, I believe on vaguely racist Africa planet from the original or from Next Gen rather, the one where the dude was trying to knife hook up with uh, Tasha Yar. Hook up with Tasha. Yeah, I believe that was a. Uh, I believe there was an elephant in that. I might mm. be wrong. Elephant, uh, if you're listening, please write in and let us know.
1: Yes, I assume he's going to be on the Matt Gorley I was there too podcast. I, I don't know what that is. Oh, Matt Gurley has a podcast.
0: I uh, I know that, but I'm not sure what that is. No. Oh, it's interviewing people
1: like who are in like big movies in small roles. It's actually a really cool concept. Oh, that is kind of cool. Yeah.
0: Someone just uh on Twitter, apparently if you if you at the uh pa podcast Twitter, I can see it. So oh. that's a way to reach us if you wanna interact if with us. If you want our attention right now. Yeah. It'll pop up and interrupt what I'm doing, so please do that. Hi guys. No, that's. Totally I want fine. attention. Also, yeah, if you want to write to us, uh, post atomicore at gmail. We will like we're doing these in order, and there's a lot of them, but uh, we will eventually get to the to the newer ones. Mm-hmm. So, so, if you want to see us dance in relative real time, you are you are welcome to. Is this a dance?
1: I mean, it's it has to be. I, I saw
0: one of the California raisins do that. Oh
1: once. well, then yes, uh, no one knows dancing like the California
0: raisins. That is true, as far as I know. Uh this one also about Anton Yelchin. Mm. Uh yeah, we we do know. We yeah. did we did address that when we got to the movie and we are sad about it. Yes, we are. He was a, he was great deep like I say <laughs> Many incredible times. fucking actor, not just as Chekhov. No. But, and know. the only time I ever gave a crap about Pavel Chekhov was when that guy yeah, played him. You know? Like amazing, just Yeah. No, that that was my seriously like I I was already enjoying Trek 2009, but the mm. first time I was like, "Oh my god." was when Chekhov did a thing yep. and it was like, is that his job? Is that what he's capable of? Yep. Oh, thank huh. you. <laughs> yeah. Now I know. Uh, let's see. This one comes from Tim. All right. Tim says, hey there, gents. Hello. Thanks, thanks so much for your podcast. I've literally been laughing out loud, spitting my coffee all over my desk. <laughs> your Golden Girls remake starring Kai Wynn, Loxana Troy, Captain Janeway, and Moogie <laughs> was the fucking funniest thing I've ever heard.
1: I don't remember that, but that, that yeah, sounds... Yeah, I vaguely remember. That sounds like something we'd make a, we'd make a joke about. Yeah,
0: we're pretty funny. Yeah. I almost needed CPR from choking on my water that day. I'm sorry, we almost killed you. Also, I'm another of your creatives who listen to past the day listeners. I'm an Aussie graphic designer working slash vacationing in Vancouver. Oh, cool. I love Vancouver. Would love to get to one of your live gigs before I have to head back home. Well, we, we will try. The closest we can get to you is Seattle. We're also going to try to do some in Portland at some point. Yeah. But uh, Vancouver... Now that Matt doesn't live up there. There's really no
1: to, there's really no reason to dick around with the border anymore. Yeah, and there's the thing I hated the most about having to come down here.
0: And our last remaining close friends up there. Like have like Nate's gone, Irene's gone, yeah. like they're all just moving away. Yeah, so. everyone's sort of
1: empty. The the only reason
0: to go back to Vancouver is my family and they well no, that's good, but they don't want to watch us do talk about Star Trek, probably, no. I'm guessing. I could be wrong, but I, I mean they've been
1: they've well. had access to the show since we started, and yeah, six I've years now. I've never heard them talk about it. Well, so very well. I assume no, they are not interested in what I think about Star Trek. <laughs> Although my dad does have a copy of the episode guide next to his toilet. <laughs> that's actually good. Like, that's high p- on the. No, I yeah. treat
0: that as a as a bathroom reader. I treat that as high praise. No, that's honestly like I mean that means it's kind of light reading. Yeah, but other than that, it means he probably reads it. Yep. So that's that's good. Uh, also, Tim says more French Armis. I don't remember French Armis.
1: Bonjour, <laughs> you guys. Les L- no, L- de bibliothèque.
0: Uh huh. As a Canadian, I don't speak much French. I was gonna say, yeah. Don't you know any French at all? Uh, no, very well. Uh this one comes from John Wiggins. Oh, it's just one of those nice like uh portraits of the whole Oh that uh, is pretty sharp. Yeah, I'm I would hold it up, but we have a whole delicate yeah, like, charger thing happening here. It's a so delicate do that. Uh, ecosystem. There's been some great fiftieth anniversary, like here is a big mural of every Star Trek character ever mm-hmm. kind of thing. And uh yeah, that's great. Yeah. Okay. This not not to detract from any of the other listeners at all, is the is the moment we've been waiting for. Mm-hmm. Our friend Richard, who has written in many times with many catchy songs for us. Yes. He wrote the ROM song. The classic ROM song. He's
1: ROM. Friend of all children. children.
0: Brother. Brother. And the uh, Keiko's... uh, Chief O'Brien. Keiko Keiko O'Brien. Chief O'Brien's terrible, terrible, horrible wife. And I, I, I feel like he's done a couple others that do not come immediately to mind. I need to... I need. This is a reminder to myself who is editing in the future. Al, please create a separate uh, part of our website just to showcase Richard's songs because they should be easily yes. accessible to the listeners. So hopefully.
1: He's wrong. Yeah.
0: This is a new one From entitled time. Special Boy. Oh, God. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Love the show. I decided to share the pain and start watching Voyager along with you. I'm sorry. Of course I decided to start on season four when there was considerably less pain, but not when every but not everyone can be a hero like you guys. We are heroes, aren't we, Al? We, yeah, if there's one word that describes us. Friend of mine from high school started listening <laughs> to You'll the podcast. You'll have a new name. Hero, hero. Uh a friend of mine from high school started listening to the podcast and is really enjoying it, oh, which nice. makes me—I love hearing that. Yeah. As an added bonus, she lives in Singapore, which means that the sun never sets on the PA Empire, and that makes me happy too. Oh. I'm a big fan of Brian Fuller, so I'm really looking forward to the new Trek series. Thanks for hanging in there. I've included a little song about our very special boy, Harry Kim.
1: I've been looking forward to this for a while now. Yeah, Al told I, me about this weeks
0: ago. We got this uh, in July. I believe in yeah. July, yeah, July 27th, and I said I could listen to this now, but I'd rather get our reaction in real time. Yep. Special <laughs> Special boy, he's a very special boy, special boy, special boy, special, special, special boy. Mommy? Special boy, special boy, he is such a special boy, a very, very special boy, such a special, special boy. Now it! special boy, special boy,
1: special, special, special boy.
0: See you later, Tess. This is Kim Country Now. Harry Kim the Special Boy. (laughs) That was amazing. Was the twinkle, twinkle little star, was that him playing the clarinet? Nope. Oh, so good. (laughs) Richard, you have done it again. Nailed it. (laughs) So good. Oh, this one is actually also about uh, Garrett Wong. Uh Uh-huh. Hello, all. In your recent episode about Unforgettable, you mentioned how great the producers of Star Trek were about giving a chance to direct when they showed interest. Mm-hmm. A couple of years ago, I attended Dragon Con, where I saw a, pair, a panel with Garrett Wong and Jerry Ryan. During the panel, Garrett told the story about how he asked about directing an episode for Voyager. The producers shot him down, saying he would never direct. Even the bosses didn't like the special boy. Aw. Special boy, special boy. <laughs> well, now I feel kind of bad. I don't. It's probably because he said those girls weren't hot enough. That's probably why. Yeah. I did that that's Special Boys <laughs> The thing is, I only had a problem with the character mm-hmm. until I started reading awful quotes from yeah, the actor. And like, now it's just you know what? Stop being shitty. Yeah. Uh, was watching this is from Ben. Mm-hmm. Was watching the episode today, and the kids' reaction to Bever's joke was perfect. Pretend I sent this four years ago when you guys were still doing TNG. Alright. Oh, this is the um you heard the old story of the man who goes to his doctor. He says, "Doctor, it hurts when I raise my arm like this." The doctor says, "And don't raise your arm like that." <laughs> and the kid just goes. For those of you listening, it just makes a real deadpan, like really. Also, you should re- you
1: should recall that she does a terrible Groucho impression. Oh, so she does? Yeah. I don't do it. Then don't do that. She's, it's it's worse than mine, by the
0: way. She's uh... well. I mean, you know, it's it's mom trying to be cool. Ugh, mom. It's, it's like Hillary Clinton talking about Pokemon. Just, like, she's fine, but stop trying to be cool, Grandma. Go, just, go, get, not... go,
1: go get your box wine.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I yeah. Okay. Uh, this is just someone saying we made a reference to damar Lishan man back some time ago, and I'm sure that was hilarious in context, but I do not remember it now. Uh, someone has sent us a, oh, I see. They have replaced the word brain in Spock's brain with dick. Mm. So it's, it's called Spock's Dick. Mm. I, I will share that with the listeners if they like in the, uh, in the show notes. Special boy. Special boy. He's a very special boy. Special boy. Uh, this is, uh, as promised from Denmark, from Lise, I believe it is. Mm. Uh, and it says, hey, wow, I do not know how to say this. H E J S A. Hey, 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 hey. Uh,
1: huh. <laughs> Catching up. Sorry, Denmark.
0: Yeah. Eh, not really. Uh, listening to your treatment of Arena, laughing so hard I am crying. Anyway, please tell me you've read the original short story. Since fighting to the death was part of that, but then Roddenberry chickened out.
1: I didn't know that th- that was based on a short story.
0: Uh I don't. I probably read that in that book and probably forgot mm. it. Um, anyone knows what that like? Well, it's it's would I mean it wouldn't be hard to find. Just no. look it up on Memory Alpha, probably. Mm. I just don't have it on on like on me. Yeah, but yeah, I I know a lot of fairly prominent sci-fi writers pitch stuff based on things that they had written mm. or, you know, similar ideas. I mean, that Larry Niven...
1: Yeah, the uh, Ringworld stuff's all over uh, the animated series.
0: Yeah, well, just that one. Yeah. But yeah, there's, that was really good. You got a...
1: something. Uh, if anyone's interested, my Avengers Academy characters are all done with their tasks. Oh, so. thank goodness. <laughs>
0: Uh, this one comes from Kevin, and uh, he says, As I was watching the new Star Trek film, I noticed a striking similarity between the swarm ships in Beyond mm-hmm. and the swarm ships in Gene Roddenberry's Andromeda. They're almost identical. Check out the description of that ship. The legs can pierce a ship's hull and puncture it. Then the fuselage thrusts forward Thrust. in order to form for the swarm ship's occupants to infiltrate and destroy the vessel's inhabitants. So many of the Beyond writing staff gets extra points for that one. I don't, is, and did anyone watch uh, Gene Roddenberry's Andromeda? I think anyone Sabrina watched
1: Andromeda. Somehow. Really?
0: I think so. I'm a, Sabrina,
1: if you're listening and She's I'm wrong not. about that, I apologize, no. but I feel like I remember you watching Andromeda back in the day.
0: That's just one of those many. When shit was real. <laughs> that's just one of those many sci-fi shows that came out like, oh wait, Star Trek's doing well, everyone do a show now. Uh-huh. Look, here's here's a cocktail napkin that Gene Roddenberry scribbled on. Let's, yep. Let's use this. Not great. Uh, this one comes from Ben, and he says, Hi, Matt and Al. Hi. Alan. Matt. I don't, Hi. I don't know why he did that. Uh, first of all, just let me say thank you for sticking with Voyager. Though it's been rough in some spots, it's definitely been more fun watching along with you two. My question is... Whether have you considered breaking the order you're watching the series in to cover the new Trek series in real time? When you started the podcast, did you have any idea they would release a new series before you finished with all the others? I guess that was two questions. Thanks again. Keep up the great work. Um, I
1: mean, we hoped they would do another series, but... Uh... It didn't look very likely, but yeah, we hoped. Yeah, um, like when we were starting Trek, when we started this,
0: Trek had just come back. Like, yeah. No, that was what got us excited yeah. again was the movie, and we were like, well, well great. Great. Yeah. Maybe a movie could come out more than once every five years, which wasn't the case. No. But, you know. No, I, the thing is we kinda took it slow at first. We said we'll make it through the original series before we commit yeah. to doing all of it. And then we said, you know what, this is fun. Let's this keep is fine
1: on. we can we'll do voy or uh, we'll do next gen. Yeah. We didn't at the time consider that Voyager would ever be an option. I figured we'd both be
0: dead by then. Uh, yeah, exactly. It's kinda like planning for your retirement. Why bother? I'm not gonna be sixty ever. Yeah. But,
1: I'm gonna but, live forever. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna <laughs> learn how to fly. <laughs> Did you just quote
0: fame? Apparently I did. Why? I don't know. All right. Fame! Um, But no, I think we're going to continue going in production order. Mm -hmm. I think it will be better in the long run. In the short run, it's going to be really frustrating for us and for the listeners, I'm sure, because new Star Trek's going to be happening. And we'll probably acknowledge it briefly, but probably won't discuss it at I
1: mean, I'll be watching it as it comes out, and I assume
0: so will you. Yeah, but we're not really going to – and we might on our supplemental say – I like the season so far, but we probably won't go into great detail no. until we get to it. The thing is, there's a couple of reasons for that. One, I cannot concentrate on two different shows at the same time. If yeah. we stop in mid-Enterprise and go to that and then go back, I'm just dumb mm-hmm. and I will mix things up and that won't be good. But also, I think because they're only making 13, I mean, it's 13 or something like that—is shorter yeah. seasons. We'll, we'll have caught up, and then you'll have to wait for Pa. Yeah. Like, if we get a couple of seasons in the bank, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, we
1: can just roll right into it when we finish uh, Enterprise. Exactly.
0: And I still think at some point we're going to overtake it. Mm-hmm. But at least that way there'll be a little extra, and we'll have a little extra time to think about it. Yeah. We won't get our first reactions, so we get that, like, into darkness, we love this, and then six months later we hate this. Yeah. So the, I think I think that's the best option. Mm-hmm. It's not funny, but that's that's the real reason. Yeah. Um, Deke, Deke. again, uh, the, and again, these are all over several months, it's mm-hmm. not like he, I mean he We're did, not being flooded like. he, he did send mail to my house, but we'll get to that <laughs> <laughs> So, Voyager, she is a harsh mistress This is true Sometimes she's a captain that sounds like a bad Catherine Hepburn impression That is also true Other times she's a bionic woman in a, sky, a skin-tight cat suit with a body that is certainly the devil's playground There are times that she's a pregnant woman hiding behind cheap sets and half-breed Klingon makeup Yep there are times that she's even a man, a bland, boring man, a special boy man, <laughs> a man who used to be a douche, but now he's a pretty decent guy man. But most most of the time, she's just a reason to adjust the antenna on my tinfoil hat so I can wait for the post-atomic core to be broadcast directly into my brain hole. Also, do you think they eat burgers on Voyager? Some days nothing can beat a great burger. I fucking agree with that, Deke. They're and so worried about not having contemporary stuff that they probably don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: it's a huge deal. Although, um, Paris was all like, give me a pizza. Yeah, and everyone's like, what? What's a pizza? I've never heard of that. And put it on a hamburger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. Uh-huh. I you think of, by the future. I'm kind of picturing the doctor
0: as willikins, Uh-huh.
1: Wilkins, you're you're my you're basically
0: my doctor. Uh, please state the nature of the medical.
1: Emergency. Replicate me a pizza and an hamburger, and yeah. combine the molecules into one thing. Uh, I don't want them on top of one another. I want them blended together. Like what if it was of the like if it was the
0: fly? I'm a doctor, not a thing that makes one of those things. Uh, let's see, this one kind of has oh some Enterprise stuff. They remake the episode one in Enterprise season three. I believe that. Mm -hmm. Uh, The third season itself is a remake of the Dominion War. Oh, seriously? The Temporal Cold War and the genetically engineered shapeshifting foot soldiers called the Suliban. Yeah. boy. The Suliban, by the way. Well... I know it was just after 9/11 but it was still. 2 weeks after 9/11 and it was real bad timing but Ugh. suddenly the bad guys on TV were the Taliban. Uh-huh. You switched away from hearing about the Taliban and the oh, Sulaban. Great. Uh-huh. No, i just, really looking forward to Flonks favorite show or, uh, <laughs> Enterprise. <laughs> yeah. Uh let's see Scott says, "Hey, gay Scott here." Oh. So when is Glam Armist going to make an appearance? I'm seeing him not torturing the crew of the Enterprise but making their uniforms so much more fabulous. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you want to do this voice for, for Glam Armis? Hey,
1: everybody. I'm seeing dropping necklines and more of a cinched waist. And sequins. Lots of sequins. You superior men Be out and proud about it.
0: <laughs> You're not going to give him, like, a stereotype gay voice? No. Good. Good man. Uh, let's Scott see. wants to write in with his voice. That's fine. Yeah, so. absolutely. Send us a clip. Yeah. Uh, Scott says... It seems in her inaugural season, Seven of Nine is functioning like the Maquis were supposed to act at the beginning of the series, Mm. questioning the Starfleet way of doing things. Think the writers suddenly remembered it was something they were supposed to be putting in the show or that Jerry Ryan was a much better actor to pull off seeing what Chuck the Wooden Indian could (laughs) could, or rather could not do? I didn't say that. He said that, but that's pretty good. (laughs) Voyager is a cigar store.
1: (laughs) Thank you, Scott.
0: You you alright, man? I'm fine. Okay. Oh, shit. Okay. Okay. All right. <gasps> um, yeah, I don't have anything to add to that. That was... What was the question? <laughs> just do you think Seven of Nine fills the role that the Marquis were supposed oh, to? Oh, I could
1: totally first? see that and just like, hey, what if we had some conflict on the ship? We were supposed to. Oh, yeah. Oh.
0: Nah, let's eh, not do that. Nah,
1: I don't need to do that.
0: Okay, this one is... Very long. Uh, Let's see. It's from Greg. All right. Hi, Matt. I honestly have to tell you, this has been a long time coming. I finally caught up with your podcast to the point where I can actually write into a supplemental episode. I was introduced to the show via Mike Fahey. Thanks again. Yeah, uh, seriously. Thanks, Mike. That's our palate. Kotaku. Yeah, Kotaku. Yeah. Uh, A couple of months ago, and I decided to start listening to pot at the beginning of DS9, mainly to check to see if you guys can actually hang. By the third DS9, Matt's spot on Odo impression, I was sold. I'm a full-fledged fan and look forward to your suffering every week. I have a massive soft spot for Voyager mm. not because I like the series good a rewatching of which I concluded a week before I discovered your podcast curse my timing <laughs> uh, but rather because of my father ah there's a whole like thing and I'm like I'm not like saying this isn't important I'm saying I'm gonna like I read this and it's great mm-hmm. but it's basically like I, I you know bonded like, kind of thing.
1: So. That's how I watched uh, TNG back in the day.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I will say, brings back memories of my dad hitting the mute button each time Neelix would speak. <laughs> Your dad is a man after my own heart. Yeah, it sounds like he yelled at it a lot. <laughs> so, Which is also so. how we watch Voyager. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a couple of quick thoughts for you guys to pause. Pod- so, wait, hang on real yes. quick. We'll come back to this. Do you yell at it a lot? I notice it in your notes, but do you actually verbally yell at it a it lot? It depends
1: on how bad the episode is. Okay. Uh, it depends on a lot of things, actually. Uh, Mal will confirm my sighing, uh, groaning, and when... Uh, fuck. Um, Andy Dick showed up on the show. Me <laughs> yeah. going, Andy Dick! Ugh. Yeah. There's a lot of angry sighing and come on! Uh-huh. Yeah. That's that's about Most right Most of for the, like, articulated yelling you get in the notes,
0: because... Mm. Or this, you'll go. <sighs> oh, there's a lot of pinching the bridge of my nose. Yeah, when I,
1: yeah. I, uh, I will occasionally uh, tweet pictures of that. Yeah. Yes.
0: Now, you, you took a video of that once, I believe a vine. Yep. Of you just like. Aah! That was, yeah. Ugh. We should maybe do that once. Uh-huh. Maybe just show people like what it looks like for us to watch. Yep. That would be not very exciting. Uh, if you're wondering, it looks like this. <sighs> That's about right.
1: No, sometimes it's... And then I pour myself a drink.
0: (laughs) See, I don't have that. Mm. At best, I have Amanda to yell at it with me. (laughs) Because she feels like she needs to keep up because she's on the show a lot. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see. He continues. A couple of quick thoughts for you guys to ponder. Yeah, please. After watching DS9 and Voyager back to back, I often wonder what Voyager would have been like if the ship had been launched into the Gamma Quadrant instead of the Delta Quadrant. Mm. thrown to the far end of the galaxy, making their way to the wormhole, dealing with the fringes of the Dominion, exploring the fallout of the Dominion War, hooking up with a few remnant ships from the destroyed Romulan fleet. Ooh. That would be very cool. Uh, taking in a Weyoun clone Uh and he in turn becoming a valuable part of the crew. That sounds like a very cool idea. I actually, the idea of Voyager
1: constantly being on the run from, like... The entire Dominion mm-hmm. is a concept I really like. Uh, it's very ba- Again, very Battlestar Galactica-y.
0: I don't know. I'm kind of glad that they're not constantly on the run from the Borg. Like, I really thought we're past the halfway point, and I really thought most of the show was going to be Borg, and I'm glad it's not. There's been
1: very little Borg on There's
0: been enough that there's still a menace. Yeah. Like, there's still kind of a mysterious, like, presence. Like, we hear a bit about them from Seven, but yep. they're not, like... And we still got three seasons to go, and they can certainly whiz this down their leg yep. in the meantime. But for now... I like, don't feel like they've been. They've been total- treated
1: like they've been treated. They were treated on TNG. They right. showed up
0: occasionally. Yeah, and everyone is terrified of yep. them, and we don't really know much, and it's just scary. And that's what we've always liked. And mm-hmm. we were worried the show would come back to the well so much that we wouldn't give a fuck anymore. Yeah. Just, and so you know. far okay. Borg, 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 more Borg. Yeah, the Swedish Chef Show. <laughs> Uh, what if Quark had been whisked away on Voyager, taking Neelix's place? That would be awesome. I would love that. I know DS9 would have been devastated, but Armin Shimmerman would have at least been able to stand toe-to-toe acting-wise with Kate Mulgrew and Robert Picardo. That would have made me- that would make me so happy. Like O'Brien moving on to DS9, I wonder if there would have been a supporting character that could have moved over to Voyager and brought some added value.
1: No. If I had to pick anyone, it would have been Quark. Yeah. I would hate to lose him off, off DS9. Maybe we could clone him. But if we're thinking of, like-
0: Supporting or, second tier yeah. guys like O'Brien was on Next Gen. Plenty and to choose from, too. I like, would say one of my big complaints is that almost all the Maquis have been kind of boring. Yep. Eddington. Oh, that would have been fantastic, yeah. Then you then you got a character we're kind of invested in already, yep. and he's kind of a jerk. Yep. And you get your conflict, and that would have been all right.
1: Yeah. No, imagine if instead of Chakotay, who was pretty much gung-ho from the beginning to hook up with Janeway. Yeah. Uh, We got Eddington, who was like, fuck Starfleet.
0: Making his terrible uh, Les Mis Mis references references. all the time, yeah. Still after me, Javert. (laughs) Shut up. Shut up. Just because I stole a loaf of bread, like in that book. Uh, uh. Shut up and go back to theater class, Eddington. Nobody cares. You go grow some hair. (laughs) Lastly, wow, really? Grow some hair. Lastly, I've been waiting months to catch up with the supplemental episode, so I I will write as many things as I damn well please. It's fine. I've always believed modern Trek from 20 years ago was at its best when it was exploring or directly expanding upon the universe's backstory rather Mm. than dealing with some random space anomaly. The dynamics of political intrigue or Picard or Cisco facing down Romulans or Cardassians to see who blinks first usually delivers on exciting TV. There's exceptions to this, of course, but I wonder what you guys think, and if it can be the reason Voyager struggles is because it's so far removed from the known world we've been having during Next Gen and DS9. So this is kind of the opposite of what that other guy said. Yep. And I, like, the thing I've always said is that Star Trek can do so many things. Yeah. Like, it can be a lot of different shows. It can it can encompass a lot of different genres, and I don't necessarily want only political drama or only character-driven stuff, but I feel like that's what it does best. Mm-hmm. Like, you could totally do the other stuff.
1: Still, I can I see Voyager wanting to be about, like, like um, the, that for the first series exploring the universe, you know, more episodic mm-hmm. type thing. I can see that. And I can especially see them th- saying, well, for all the political stuff, DS9 is still on the air, and they're doing that way better than we could ever do, so... You that's know. true.
0: Well, and the thing about DS9 is... And we've said this because this isn't my insight. I heard it on an interview years ago. But the idea that they have to stay in one place means that they have to deal with the consequences of their actions and they can't just fuck up a planet and leave. Yep, They're always like... Okay, well, we pissed off Garrick. Garrick just lives over there. Yeah, we have to see Garrick every day. Today's gonna be really awkward. So, like, that really lent itself to more serialization because everything that happened, you kept having to live with. If you if you piss off the Bajorans, yep. they live right down the hall. Yeah, so, like and
1: you're gonna get another fucking visit from Kai Wynn. Space is the hall anyway. Uh, like, I haven't seen this in a while, by the way. One of my favorite things ever, Captain Kai Wynn is here to see you. Uh-huh.
0: But. Uh, Avery Brooks had a great, uh, and then he'd compose himself and go, eminence. And send her in. Eminence. Yeah.
1: What uh, brings you to the station this week? This I haven't one. gotten to do any uh, any DS9 guys in a
0: while. No. Well, break out some Cisco. Yep. Uh, you still need to watch the captains to see his crazy bad shit. Like I really need to watch his, the captains. I don't want to watch. No, 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 no. Skip that. No. Just watch the... Like, I was told to do this and I ignored it. Mm. You need to not do that. You okay. need to just watch the Avery Brooks parts. I'm just... I'm and the part where Shatner uh, uh, arm-wrestles Chris Pine is cute. Mm, mm. But, uh, no, basically just Avery... Bro- like, Because all the other captains answer straight-up questions about acting, where yep. they came from, what their backgrounds are. Avery Brooks just talks about jazz <laughs> and the meaning of life. <laughs> I'm not kidding. This is not an exaggeration. And just, like, he... He's not answering the same questions. He's not interested in whatever conversation Shatner wants to have. He's just like, the meaning of life is in jazz. Be-bop, boop, 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 boop. <laughs> He's a fucking nut. It's awesome.
1: Now, Avery, when you were one of the captains on Star Trek,
0: <laughs> you'd
1: start playing the piano. Let me a- let me answer that question by saying this. <laughs> yeah. Let me answer your question with Jazz. <laughs>
0: Uh, let's see, this one comes from Rowan, Rohan, I'm probably saying this wrong, R-O-H-A-N, that's probably not how you pronounce that. Hi, Alan Matt, long time and devoted listener since finding you partway into TOS season one all those years ago, well, five or six anyway. Appreciate your great pop culture knowledge, even your references to Python or Red Dwarf aren't lost on me and are greatly appreciated. Hooray! As a collector and watcher of all things Trek, I'd like to draw your attention to a Laserdisc or DVD-era special feature that included Neelix in a way I'm sure you'll get some laugh out loud mileage. All right. Sorry, I can't remember which exact title it's on, but I'm sure someone in your audience will know, uh, if not your good selves. Here we find the usual stories we hear over and over from the cast about their important social contributions. We hear Nichelle Nichols banging on again about MLK's plea for her to stay on the show. We hear about some sexy fan letters sent to DeForest Kelly according to DeForest, at least, and it's here a Jim Doohan uh, recounting his life-saving skills via letter. Yeah, we've heard all that stuff. Mm. Then we see Ethan Phillips in full Neelix makeup, claiming most sincerely and with deep sadness in his eyes, sometimes I've been asked to nurse people into death. What? Ne- Neelix, the palliative career. What? Perhaps he was called in to hasten some poor souls into death, not comfort them. That's There's no further uh, wow. uh, context to this. Hope you enjoy the reference. Give it heat. Yeah, that, that what? Like, Jesus Christ! Yeah.
1: Oh, you're dying, huh? Well, guess who's here? Your friendly neighborhood. Ne- oh, he's gone. Let's let's euthanize Do- you. I just got here. These <laughs> plane tickets were very expensive. I expect to be compensated. <laughs>
0: Uh, this one comes, oh God, he told us how to say his name like five emails ago and I don't remember now. Oh, m- m- see, m-
1: we knew, We at least
0: we said this would happen. Uh-huh. Um, Mikola? M- m- Mikola? Yeah, I think that's it. Uh, no, because he said there was no L, so Mikola. M- i sorry. Sorry, I'm so sorry. we're, we're our, awful. Our Polish friend. We're bad people. Uh, he says, I love the 90s, but I missed a few things because I was a child. What's well, with the abundance of Native American imagery in 90s media? The X-Files, Voyager, Dances with Wolves, other stuff I don't remember all featured it. As people more cognizant than me, can you answer this? All I know is that there was a shit ton of Native American American imagery in uh, The X-Files. This says, was it meant to be celebrating diversity? Was it misappropriation of culture because it looks cool? Yes. Well, probably that one. Or was this phenomenon some manifestation of the white guilt that my liberal university taught me I should feel? That is probably some of that, too. I think it's probably misguided the first thing, too. They probably thought they were celebrating diversity. Mm. Uh, I'm all for representation. Nothing more diverse than having uh, native people tell white people how to get out of their problems. Uh, He says I'm all for representations of diversity, especially oppressed, subjugated, and displaced peoples. However, something feels off and inauthentic about many of these depictions. Mm. Well, we've talked about this. The the um, consultant they had on Voyager was like a Greek guy. Yep, like he had he never met. Any Native Americans, he never lived with them, he he didn't know anything about them. He made everything up. He scammed his way into that job and just made shit up. And he might have gotten some stuff out of a book, but he did not have first-hand knowledge at all. Uh, It's like the confusion I feel when I look at a package in the supermarket that says something like, Real Asian Flavor. What flavors are this? Whose flavors are these? (laughs) What does that mean? Is Uncle Ben telling me what an Asian boyfriend will taste like? (laughs) Is Sulu delicious? Well, yes. Is is he actually rice aroni, the San Francisco treat? (laughs) The real question... Oh, he was born there. He says so. San Francisco. You know, I am the San Francisco treat cap. Ding, ding. <laughs> the real question is, is Chicote parboiled white rice with native flavor? <laughs> <laughs> Does Chicote act as a positive representation of many diverse peoples, or is he just a commonly uh, common commodity jazzed up to appear mildly exotic to middle American consumers? Yes. Probably that one. Yeah. Uh-huh. The thing is, it, I, I do genuinely believe it comes from a good place. I think they're trying... Yeah to bring representation and they're trying to do that thing they say Star Trek does well. They're just bad at it. Yeah, And I think they fall into that, like native cultures are one of those things that a lot of mainstream white people don't know a lot about, so it's easy to say if there's magic, it's here because you don't know about this culture, so it's Mm -hmm. mysterious so they have magic rituals and eh, probably not. Yeah, mostly it's like dumb. Uh, Don't be dumb. No, and Again, he's never really like, I mean, I they ended up saying he's like from the rubber tree people or something, but mostly they'd never specify a tribe or specific. Mm-hmm. He always represents all yeah. natives, which is so many different scattered yeah, like, things that are not from related to each over-
1: other. All part like and also he's supposed to be from South America, I but think then he's like yeah. it's like they can't make up their mind where he's like what type of native he is either.
0: Yeah, if they had just settled on he's from this tribe who live in this region, at least they could specify yeah. beliefs and specify traditions and that kind of thing. But like so
1: many things that it just doesn't seem like they're interested in that.
0: No, not really. Uh let's see. Hey guys, love the podcast, and I think there's a way to make some of the episodes more bearable. I got the idea from the Simpsons episode, Homer Goes to College, where Homer and two other fools are left in charge of a bee to keep them from safety inspection that is going on as they might jeopardize it. I think the Voyager crew could use a similar method. Are you saying we should put Harry Kim in charge of a bee? I think that's exactly what we're being told. There's some kind of animation happening here. With oh, with Legomans. Lego. I Actually, I think there's a better Yeah. Hey, the gif came out fuzzy and brief, so here's a clearer version, single picture of it. All right. So, just... Telling the computer exactly what it can do for <laughs> life tens of play up chocolate. That's a, that. I'm is... not entirely sure what's happening here. Can the can is this showing that up Lego at all? That
1: Lego Armus is my new favorite.
0: Is that I'll visible? I'll that for nothing. Okay, like I don't know what it is, but can the stream people see? And it'll be in the show notes. Yeah. Also, yeah, there appears to be. I think that's Lego Harry Kim. Yep. Lego Chuck and Lego Kess. Oh, also No, I don't think. I think that's. Uh... Oh, Lego Neelix. Yeah, and then Armus. And then Lego Armus. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so I see. The the loser squad is being sent down to tend to Armus. That's very good. <laughs> tend
1: to your Armus. Yeah. Tend to your own damn
0: Armus. Yep. Darmus. Your Darmus. Darmus and Jalad. That Tanegra. Yeah.
1: Uh, and the walls. fell.
0: <laughs> yeah. This one comes from a Dane. Oh, she's talking about that uh, Archer Star Trek mashup. Thing. Oh, sure. That thing's which, cool. Which we have seen. Yeah. That is great. Uh, we'll, again, in the show notes. Yep. Um, this one comes from Tim. Haha, <laughs> guys. I'm just listening to your supplemental two at the end of the original series where you spend 30 minutes recalling your thoughts on Voyager. So funny to hear how much your opinions have changed. Uh huh. You hated Janeway and Seven. Now I would say they're your two favorites. Yep. You hated Chakotay. Nothing changed there. I love that you gave him a Beavis voice. No, what we gave him was a racist voice that we regret doing. Yeah, we apologize for that. It was the. Uh, generic the, Indian voice they did in Futurama and yeah. many other things. And yeah, it yeah. was a little Awful. One of those things, we've been doing this long enough now that we can look back and say we maybe shouldn't have done yeah,
1: that. Yeah, if we haven't officially apologized for that now, let's uh do that now. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Very sorry. We, we That was not funny. We were idiots. Yeah.
0: And there's, there's a handful of things through the years that I think we've become a little more enlightened mm-hmm. about. Particularly trans issues, as yep. we mentioned before, just things like like, I remember there was an episode with Chekhov. Uh, they were all put in cages with yep. their mates. And Chekhov was paired up with a pretty masculine-looking...
1: Well, yeah. There were some shitty trans, trans jokes in that. But that's I'm what I'm saying. I,
0: I feel Yeah, I feel like we both kind of yep. made some... Like, and I, I feel bad about that now, yep. too. And it's just it's one of those things we try to get better. Yep. I'm not going to apologize. Well, I am going to apologize. Am, yeah. I'm not going to make excuses for it, is what no. I mean. Like... I just I was younger and less informed and now I am more informed. One of the beautiful things about this show being on as long as it has been is that you get to watch us grow. Yeah, exactly. Um but yeah, and and uh, to that point we have changed our opinions of Voyager because we watched it. Yep. Like that was all on half remembrances and And you like know. what the
1: eighteen episodes you'd watch like two seasons, I think, by that point. Yeah, like one
0: mm-hmm. and a half and Dipped it was in and out. it was that early. Like season one was half a uh, half a season anyway, so yep. yeah, maybe twenty episodes. So yeah. Uh Oh, and uh, Tim suggests that we go back and compare notes at the end of Voyager to our original thoughts. I really don't need to know what that. I
1: was up to back then.
0: Yeah, fair enough. Uh, I discovered your podcast when you were in early Voyager Season 2. Got impatient waiting week to week, so I burned through Next Gen and the movies and DS9. Caught up on Voyager. Now I've gone back to the start with the original series. Now I can't wait to, wait to rewatch TNG along with the podcast. Well, thank you. I love yeah. hearing that. Like, I, I liked you guys, and then I went back, and like, that's good. Appreciate that. Uh, so it comes from Fred and he says, can't we just get Star Trek Beyond?
1: <laughs> God damn it.
0: <laughs> Hi, Matt and Al and anyone else who might be there. I wanted to talk about the recent and frankly bizarre phenomenon I've noticed since Star Trek Beyond came out. There's been a weird backlash since Beyond's release against the 2009 Star Trek, specifically the notion that all the reboot reboot movies were crap except this new one. I get why someone wouldn't like 2009 Star Trek in a sequels, mm-hmm. but it confuses the hell out of me why people would like Beyond and not the first one. Particularly when Beyond seems to have the weaker plot Definitely mm. the weaker villain I, I think he's talking about uh,
1: Balthazar Edison
0: <laughs> uh, What do you think the reason is for this weird trend? Was the fondness for 2009 Trek marred by Into Darkness And people just lumped the memory of the two together? I worry this sounds like I'm railing against Star Trek Beyond That is not the case, I loved it mm. But come on, it's no 2009 Trek All that said, I'm just glad to see people excited for Star Trek again Yours in Balthazar Edison Balthazar Edison Fred They call me Balthazar Edison. The thing is, okay, first of all, we'll we'll definitely get to this question. I love the song you made up. I truly do. Uh I think it's fantastic. It's one of the funniest things we've done on the show in a while, and I love that it's getting stuck in everyone's head. I do feel like it's detracting from the original point, which is Balthazar Edison is the stupidest villain name there is. Yeah. And that point is separate from Matt's like, when I say Balthazar Edison is terrible, I'm not saying your song is terrible. No, I'm Balthazar Edison
1: is the stupidest fucking name for a villain I,
0: ever. We all three, me and, and Matt and Amanda, cracked all up laughing the when movie. he said his name. Or maybe they saw it on the screen the first time, I don't remember. but just No, it's just like, it's captain
1: by someone named Balthazar Edison. And we all...
0: <laughs> in the Excuse dark.
1: Excuse me? I just heard them laugh, like. And oh. then he pops up on camera, my name is Captain Balthazar. Edison.
0: We, before the movie, we saw a bunch of trailers, because Star Trek is so marketed as an action movie, Yeah, we saw a bunch of trailers for, like, hardcore action movies, which is not my thing, but fine, whatever. Triple X3 is coming out XXX3 soon. Triple X3 was one of them. And what's that guy's name? Xander Cage? Yep, Xander Cage is played by Vin Diesel. And that's, I mean, already, Vin Diesel already sounds like a made-up name. Which yeah,
1: but are, at this point, we point, first of all, it is a made-up name. Yeah,
0: okay, but yeah, it sounds like a made-up action yeah. movie name. Like... Balthazar Edison, Balthazar. but no, like I was laughing at Xander Cage prior to that, yep. and then Balthazar Edison, came, and I was like, yeah, that's about right. Uh huh. It's like we had that list of names that of characters that Schwarzenegger's played. Yep. And it's always like um John Matrix is still my favorite. John Matrix is pretty terrible. There was oh god, I cannot remember now. He just he had a couple of yeah. Jericho Kane. That, that was, was it. it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just like oh, the, the most nineties hardcore. Uh, anyway, Uh John Matrix. <laughs>
1: a real name owned by a real person <laughs> from real Austria. So, and this is my American family.
0: <laughs> I will get the Turboman done. I have
1: to get the Turboman. Turboman. The Turboman away from Sinbad. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Three times Star Search winner Sinbad. <laughs> I'd like to apologize for the amount of spit that's ended up on the pop filter you've that's given me. one of the reasons the pop filter exists. So it's not on the microphone. <laughs> Um anyway I've I've heard this I believe you Fred that you've heard this mm. that people liked uh beyond more than and Pedro's nodding that she's heard it as mm. well uh, beyond more than the others the thing is I again I get why people wouldn't like the new movies they don't like the the like it's what I thought they were in the first place yeah. that whole big action thing I get that that's not what everyone wants to yeah. track totally fine you might not like the way they're directed mm-hmm. totally a valid Viewpoint. But yep. like, No, I don't get why you wouldn't like the third one. Like, if you didn't like the first one, they're basically the same thing. Yep. I don't understand that at all. No, I I disagree. But you know, I honestly, if anything, I've heard people say that they liked Into Darkness just as much as the others, and don't understand our problem with it. And I get that.
1: A lot of people, uh, a, a lot of people I've talked to who are not big Trek fans
0: fucking loved Into Darkness.
1: Because yeah. they don't know. Like.
0: Yeah. They're not they, seeing they that have... same movie copied badly. Yeah. Exactly. So it doesn't bother them. It bothers me, and it bothers me more because we were promised that it wasn't that character, and it was that character. Why, why did you lie to us? Yeah. Just, why did you lie to us, J.J. Abrams? Seriously, if it wasn't the fucking like, if it wasn't all for all the marketing misleading crap, I mm-hmm. probably wouldn't have been nearly as mad at it. Speaking of that, uh, Scott Zioko has now officially uh, acknowledged losing the bet. the The original bet we had was that that Benedict Cumberbatch was con. Yep, and I lost. Then we went double or nothing that this movie focused on Klingons and uh, he lost. So yep. double or nothing means I, I've, had some, I've had a hard time explaining to Scott what double or nothing means. That means nobody owes anyone anything yeah. now. The the slate is now clear. I owed you $10. Now you owe me $10 but it's a wash because now nobody owes anyone anything. Yes. So we're good. Also you have five children.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, uh, Six now. But I don't, uh, I don't, like, I <laughs> I don't know what to say. Like, as far as if you like one movie, but like, I mean, I don't know what's better about this one than the first one. I don't know why I people would respond think to that. Getting
1: rid of all the, it's always good to get rid of all the origin crap.
0: I guess there wasn't, I don't know, I mean, I guess there
1: was. A, there was. a lot of getting the band together in Trek 09, and I'm saying that as someone who really likes that, like, don't get me wrong, I love that movie. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's literally my favorite movie, but like, the nice of thing, all movies. the nice thing about Beyond is, we're set up, we don't need to establish who these characters are, we can just get to the adventure.
0: So we got Beyond that, is
1: what I Yeah, exactly, we finally got Beyond Thunderdome.
0: Hmm. It took us long enough, but we did. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I no, I, I do not understand that. Uh, let's see. Beav hey. says, love you guys. Oh, we love you too, Beve. Have you addressed what cookies are in Spock? And if none, what would the ideal Spock cookie be? Please let everyone in the room know I love them also. Beav Beve loves you guys. Oh, love Beave. Just so you know. Um. The Spock cookie jar, as we uh,
1: mentioned earlier, uh, is very delicate. So it is empty.
0: Let's see? No cookies. Yeah. Uh... Hang on. I ah. would love... Um,
1: you know the classic... Um, the McDonaldland cookies? No. The, like... Are I, they like uh,
0: animal crackers, but shaped like McDonaldland characters? Sort of, yeah. They're a little bigger. Okay.
1: Um, I would love those for, like, classic Trek. Or just Trek all through the, all through the years. And probably those existed back in the 90s, because it was the 90s, and Trek was everywhere.
0: I think one of two things. One... Dunkaroos, but where the goo is Armus. <laughs> or, God damn it. Oh my god, and it's shaped like a little Tashi yard that you can dunk in yep. going... <laughs> this is why we work together. That was a decent idea made so much better by your contribution. Mm-hmm. We're professionals. Yeah. Or... Black on the left side, mm. white on the right <laughs> side. You can see, though, Captain, that my de- my box of Dunkaroos is white on the right side. <laughs> no, half of them would be arranged the one way. Half of them, I mean, you know, you could just turn it, but still, they'd have to be labeled somehow to, to differentiate what the left is supposed to be. But yeah, the, that would be the and kind then of the shape I would of
1: uh, of uh, Gorshin running like this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Another one I kind of regret because we said he ran like a girl. Yeah. He just ran like a goof. He runs like an idiot. I feel I feel like bad a... for saying he yeah. ran like a girl because plenty of girls run way better than that. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, and that's it. That's all we got. Yeah. So unless anyone wants to chime in with tweets. Anything from Twitter? Mm, just Tidro talking about watching us. Hello, Terrence. I'm going to put you on the spot now and ask if you're going to be able to defend uh, Harry Kim yet, and the answer is going to be no, I know, but just, just going to... I like
1: his fancy hair. We will oh, shave it off and give
0: it to you. <laughs> it's fancy hair now? It used to just be floppy hair. You've elevated floppy. it to fancy. It's floppy, fancy hair. Floppy, fancy hair. Comes with everything seen here. <laughs> that's, that's it. I, I really hair. I hair. Hair. I wish. Good I hair. Wish Give me down to do their you, hair. Do you disagree with any of the things we've said about him?
1: I think you're a little tough on him.
0: Okay. We're only,
1: we're only tough on him because we want him to learn.
0: Yeah, he'll never learn. I pop filter. My filter, my filter my <laughs> That'll never happen. No. Never, ever happen. All right, well, that appears to be everything, uh, as ever. Mm-hmm. We, we appreciate your uh, input and uh, your patronage. Um, and what what do you think what do you think we got coming for season five? Like I know nothing. I know uh, Yes, you, Terrence. Yes. What's wrong? Have you, oh shit. Thank oh, you for yeah, reminding yeah. me. We have a special treat. I totally forgot about that. Thank you. Uh here. I'll, I'll get it. Um Longtime listener and longtime writer, I think we had a couple of uh, things from Deke Winsome mm-hmm. already. Sent a thing to my house. Oh shit. Which I'm pretty sure he ordered an episode guide or some stickers or something. Uh, like, I don't I don't think he stalked me that. He hard. tracked you down. Yeah. And he sent. Oh shit! This is Starfleet Academy Wharf's First One. Adventure. I had this book. You didn't have this book. No, I didn't have this book. This is the special edition that includes uh notations, commentary oh, God. by Deke. Oh dear. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So let's uh please let's have a quick thumb through soft here. Hands. Uh, let's see. As a matter of honor, I I can't. Read I haven't oh, I haven't washed this, this hand, hand in ten in years. ten years. Is this is this visible? Is this a good place to hold up? Uh... It's pretty
1: good. And I remember okay. when you hear the communicator beep, turn the
0: page. Right. Uh. Vulcan? no, I'm here for the Hobbit book. <laughs> there was a good one where he got bored and drew Batman. <laughs>
1: If you're not aware, also, this thing is chock full of characters from the, uh, from, uh... New Frontier? New Frontier.
0: Yeah. Uh, Because Peter
1: David knows what he likes. And what he likes is his own characters.
0: So you made it through three chapters and still no erotic wharf sex scenes. Disappointing. We're putting you on
1: notice, Peter David.
0: Yeah. I'm too pretty for Star Wars. Oh, Star Trek? They're the same thing, aren't they? upsetting picture actually uh the secret origin of armis <laughs> pretty good oh here that's the other page has batman you know what this book needs more batman and batman says the hell it does <laughs> and it goes on like that i will what i'll do is i'll actually i'm not going to scan the whole damn thing but i will scan like choice selections from this and put them in the show notes mm-hmm. because this is delightful you and i can can look over this uh I might when just we finish here but yeah this might not be uh the best for, for audio. But it is it is delightful. A, a listener has taken a book that he thought was a little goofy and, and written smart-ass comments in the margins. And it is an utter delight. And we do appreciate that very Honestly, much. Honestly, the
1: only thing that's missing is like a little uh, Tom Crow and Mike silhouette at the bottom. Oh,
0: yeah. That would be fantastic. All right. Well, that's it for now. Thank and, you. Uh, we appreciate it, and uh, we will be back next week with the first two episodes of season four. And even if it's terrible, Voyager's almost over. So wait, five Season Five. five. You're you're correct. Five. So that that's good at least, right? Yeah, we yeah, only got three it. more seasons to go. Uh-huh. And then Enterprise. And and then uh, Discovery. Yep. That could be good. See you, folks. The Post-Atomic Horror Podcast is a co-production of Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham, copyright 2016. Please don't sue us. We're just doing
1: this.